welcome to Hosted. This is the podcast where I have the opportunity to flip the script a bit, to have folks who are traditionally on the other side of the mic come on the show and be interviewed. I'm really excited about today. I have Amanda Bosick on Hosted today, and she is the host of Built for Impact. She's had 50-plus interviews with all sorts of guests. Her specialty is interviewing leaders and entrepreneurs who, who have built organizations that are making a positive impact on the world, which is something really incredible that I think we can all get behind. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to talk. And, you know, I don't know how often you have this happen, but whenever you flip the script and it's the, you know, it's the host being interviewed, you know, do we miserably fail at being the interviewee? <laughs> Hopefully not today. <laughs> no, I actually think you, it, it seems to be, and I haven't been doing this long, but I have 20 interviews under my belt so far. And quite frankly, you make really interesting guests. I mean, you, you've, you've heard really cool things from the folks True. that you're interviewing True. and usually have some really amazing life experiences. So makes for an incredible guest. So yeah, um, hopefully we're, hopefully we, we're good at conversation. <laughs> yeah. That, yes. Yes. And to be a good podcast host, you kind of, that's, that's yeah. a little bit of a requirement. <laughs> a little bit. Yep. Yep. That would be my advice at least. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's just start off. Let's jump right in. And why don't you share with the listeners why you started built for impact to begin with? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So um, we started Built for Impact, um, oh, 50 episodes in, but uh, I'm trying to remember when exactly it started. I think we were, I think it was the fall of 2019. Or, okay. Or yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing it for a At while. It was either that or 2020, but because of 2020, I don't remember, you know, things just have just melded together. So, but regardless, um, uh, I run a marketing agency with my husband um, and our team members. Um, we have a team uh, across the country and um, we started the podcast as a way of um, sharing stories about uh, people who have started um, companies that want to make a difference because our marketing agency focus on, focuses on working with um, companies that are out and looking to make a difference. It's not just about profit. It's about purpose. It's about um, impact. So that's, that's why we started it. We started it to kind of tell the stories of the people the places and people that we get the honor and privilege of working with. And so, um, that, that's where we started and it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of different people, um, a lot of great stories. And, um, as I would think a lot of people listening might know whether you start a company or you start a podcast, uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard starting something new. It's never, I mean, it's never like a walk in the park, right? You're gonna, yeah. um, you're gonna you have some learn. missteps. 
you're going to have some missteps. You There's things you have to learn. Um, definitely things you have to learn, especially like in the podcasting world, for example. If you think about it, podcasting is not that old and um, technology is constantly changing. So you are constantly trying to learn. Um, and a lot of people who are stepping into podcasting are just learning it as they go. And so being able to interview leaders who are learning as they go and taking the risk and take and having a lot of courage to step out there and, and, and try things so that they can make a difference in someone's life is, is really inspiring. So I think at the end of the day, more than anything, being able to have these conversations with different leaders has been very inspiring and, and it encourages and pushes us to keep going. Yeah. I mean, you have to be courageous enough to start a business, start a journey, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. then to add the aspect of purpose and giving Mm -hmm. back, that's Mm -hmm. a whole other layer. And how do you determine when you invite guests on to, to your show, Mm -hmm. is there, are there certain metrics, certain mm-hmm. benchmarks that they have to meet as an organization, as a leader to, to fit the bill to be on the show? Um, yes to no. I mean, the biggest thing is really the impact piece. And so I think a lot of people naturally gravitate towards thinking of impact as nonprofit and, and, that is my background. And we do, I have interviewed a lot of nonprofit leaders, um, but that's certainly not, it's certainly not limited to that. And I think that that mindset can actually be a little bit narrow. Um, the, the biggest thing is that I think, and, and something that I have learned and continue to learn is that the way in which leaders are figuring out how to make a difference beyond um, just uh, financial mm-hmm. is really inspiring. So, you know, I've been able to speak with um, companies where they were inspired out of the pandemic to serve in the healthcare industry, for example. And um, they're not nonprofits, but they are making a huge impact and a huge difference. So um, it's, I think when we, we immediately think, when we think about making a difference, we immediately think about money, but, and that is certainly a big part of it, hands down. Like, I don't want to downplay the importance of a financial, um, financial contributions to making a difference, but there are also so many other things from the type of work that you do the way you lead your team, you know, the difference you're making in your own team members' lives, that's huge. So um, there's a lot of different creative ways and things where we can make a difference um, in in the world. I think the biggest thing that I look for is that anyone I interview, they are not just there to grow their company for themselves. Yeah. They're, they're growing something and they have a motivation and a desire and a drive to grow because they have a desire to help other people in some way. And that's the driving factor. So that's the biggest thing I look for is why are you even doing this to begin with? Is it, you know, just for yourself and your legacy and your family, or is it bigger than that? Is it about your community? Is it about your neighbors? It is about, you know, our world. Yeah. So somebody who's just taking a peek at your podcast may assume mm-hmm. that it's just around 
perhaps the nonprofit world. That is where our heads go, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk that about impact. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. really much broader than that. And I think yeah. once somebody takes a look at mm-hmm. the guests that you've had on, built for impact and see what topics they bring to the conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, really what you're looking for is someone to demonstrate that they they have an impact. They, they're having mm-hmm. an impact, whether it be mm-hmm. for their employees, for their community, for the industry that yep. they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big believer in when we think bigger and outside of ourselves, um, that's when really wonderful and beautiful things start to happen. When we do things um, just for ourselves, um, I, I, I just truly believe that there's a ceiling to that. But there is no ceiling to thinking about the impact that you could have in the world and how you can serve other people. And so it, it's just pretty, it's pretty magical to hear stories about how people have um, been driven and motivated by that driving factor. Yeah, that would be really, really awesome to be on the the receiving end of those conversations. That's I mean, yeah, that it being is. It's the special. yeah, that being what you do. We at Kitcaster, so oh gosh, what was that? About a year ago, we started Service in Action, where we take a day every other month, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we choose. We ask the team, you know, is there a nonprofit that you feel passionate about? Is there something mm-hmm. that you're interested in doing? So we coordinate a, a group volunteer activity. And I have to say yep. that every time that we do it, it fills whomever participates, it fills them yeah. up for mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Like when yeah. people come it back does. to the office, they're yeah. like, that was incredible. Smiles mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. And it changes the whole dynamic of our team yeah. for, for quite mm-hmm. some time. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty special to see what happens when we start to think about other people instead of just ourselves, you know, we can, especially when you think about how many difficult things, um, everyone has gone through the past few years. I mean, it's been a really challenging several years and, um, and nobody has been exempt from that. Like the whole world has experienced this pandemic. And though we've experienced it in different ways, Um, everybody has been touched by it and everybody's experienced it. So nobody is exempt from hard things. Like we all face them and we're all going to continue facing them. Um, But when we start to think outside of ourselves, it's pretty special to see how that lifts us up and what that does for us in return. Just makes me want to stop thinking about myself all the time because I feel better when I am actually putting others first, period. Yeah, yeah. And I think that most people do. Are you seeing and hearing from your clients, from the guests that you have on your show? Do you feel like what we have gone through as a collective has that really shifted the focus? of a lot of leaders? Do you think that they're starting to see things a little more differently and maybe those who weren't necessarily focused on impact before are starting to incorporate aspects or maybe taking a complete shift? Yeah, that's a great question. I hope so. I mean, I have the honor and privilege of being surrounded by people who um, are inspiring when things get really hard. Um, and who 
were already thinking of others before the pandemic hit. And so it kind of just um, takes what was already happening and, um, you know, makes it bigger. Sure. Um, so I, I have been privileged to be able to speak with or serve um, people in places where that is already their mindset versus having a good understanding of what it's like for, um, for leaders who maybe haven't been thinking of it that way before. Um, but I would hope that because of the, the fact that we all have been experiencing this there, I would hope that for a leader who, um, maybe wasn't as focused on how to serve his or her team before, um, or maybe wasn't as um, aware of injustices that are happening all around us. I would hope that the past few years have uh, motivated and maybe lit a fire in them to change and to start serving others and being aware of what's what's going on around them and how they can love others well and love others better. Um, I, I would hope that would be the case. Um, but I, I have the honor and privilege of being with people who, who have already been like that before. And, and the past few years kind of just uh, propels that even more. So Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's rather interesting and you're, you are in this unique area, this kind of bubble where mm -hmm. you're surrounded mm -hmm. by people who that's, mm -hmm. that's really the, their mindset to begin with. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that because you're having all these conversations, not only in your day to day business interactions, but also on your podcast, mm -hmm. I think we all have some expectations going into something mm -hmm. new <laughs> Were there any surprising outcomes from an interview, maybe a collaboration or something that came out of it that you were mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. What a, what a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, I mean, there's been like funny things that have happened that were surprises, <laughs> um, to, to, uh, you know, bigger and better things. Like we've been able to reach, um, potential clients who have then become clients because of it, which is really wonderful and great. Um, you know, that's from the business side, that's certainly, uh, one of the reasons why we started it, right. Is because we wanted to, uh, reach an audience. Um, but there's also the other side of wanting to inspire leaders and encourage leaders. Um, and then, probably one of the funniest things that happened that was unexpected was I do, <laughs> I do a, uh, would you rather at the, just to like warm up the conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's just like two or three, would you rathers? And I was interviewing someone that I actually know. Um, but I did not know this about <laughs> him. <laughs> and the question was, I can't even remember what the question was now, but it was like, one of the options was, would you rather have a third nipple or something else? <laughs> and he goes, well, third nipple, because I have one and I just lost it. Um, and it's, it's still like to this day, like my favorite surprise answer <laughs> that I could have never planned or expected. <laughs> 
and has brought a lot of joy since. I'm like, every time I do, would you rather not? I'm like waiting for that next, like, uh, the surprise moment. Like the next surprise <laughs> moment and answer going to happen because that one was so good. <laughs> do you still ask that question? Do you ask the same? No, I won't ask that question again. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should. I don't know. No, I try to do them. I try to do a different one every time. Um, and like, depending on the guest, I, I did start to, you know, I do research. And so I did start to do questions. Like if I know they love travel, then maybe I'll do a travel. Would you rather? Um, but I really had no idea. Like <laughs> this is a friend and I didn't know. So um, it was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> you learned something totally new about your friend. Totally. I did. I did. And shared it with the world. So <laughs> it's a really good thing. He's confident. <laughs> so you do prepare in advance because that is, that's mm-hmm. a mixed bag mm-hmm. for a lot of hosts. Some, some will it prepare, is. they do a little research. They might have some mm-hmm. questions prepped. Mm-hmm. Others just wing it entirely. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, yeah. what kind of preparation do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that this is also an area that I feel I can always do better at as well, because I feel I am actually a wing it type person. Yeah, me too. Um, and you know, like a little bit scrappy, a little bit wing it, but I do feel as though when I have prepared and taken some time, um, I'm better. Uh, like the conversation is just better. Um, and my questions are better. Um, and that was actually something I remember, um, listening to, uh, Guy Raz, um, from how I built this and, and a lot of other podcasts, um, he was sharing about what he does and the importance of preparing and how much of a difference it makes. And so what I do is um, I, I have a standard template of questions that is kind of like a guide for me, but I will do research on um, my guests as, as much as I can find about somebody online in a um, creepy way, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found some stuff about spouses. Um, yeah, I think we I'm all do that. Losing, I'm going right? to start losing guests in a moment. <laughs> People are going to be like, I don't want to go on your show. Um, but I have, I have an outline then where I just take notes on what I read and find about, you know, their background or their history, or maybe what school they went to, like what they, you know, what their degree might be in, or if they didn't graduate, just, just, um, some, you know, foundational information about their life so that, I, one, I can normally always find, of course, I'm going to jinx it now. I can normally always find some sort of connection point to someone when I, when I do the research so that when we're having a conversation, it can feel really easy. Kind of like how, before we started recording, you were like, so are you an evergreen? Like, thank you, Brandy. That was a connection point because we're not far away from each other. Um, so even just simple things like that, where it makes the guests feel like, um, you know, they're seen and, and, and that I did do my homework, you know, um, that kind of, that feels good. Uh, but it also helps 
the conversation uh, flow better. And I can also prepare questions at taking my template of questions. I then tailor them specifically to whatever that person's background is, or maybe the focus of their company. So if I have a general question in my template of um, help us understand how you got started, if I'm speaking with someone maybe from hospitality, and I know it's a family, it's a generational, it's been handed down. Um, this was a recent guest. It's been handed down from generate from a few generations. I can then say, can you can you talk to us about how your father passed down the company to you? And then that is a much more specific question than tell us how you got started. You know, yeah. So it makes the conversation better. Um, when I do, when I do work. And then when it comes to the guest side of things, I've had some guests who prefer to have questions ahead of time. Um, and I, I leave that up to the guests, like if they want to be able to prepare. Um, most guests don't like most guests, like just want to have a conversation and, you know, not necessarily have the questions ahead of time, but I have had a few who who did want the questions ahead of time, and because I'm prepared, I can give that to them, and they can be a little bit more specific so that they can prepare as well if that's what they feel comfortable with. So it's basically just research on the guest and then tailoring my questions that are general as a foundation, but then making them specific to that guest. Yeah, I think tailoring is, that's a really, that's huge because that open-ended question of yeah. just tell us how you got started, it, yeah. it leaves too much open for a guest to mm -hmm. have to think about yeah. what, well, what are they asking? Are they asking when I started, when I graduated college or, mm -hmm. you know, what is that? Yeah. So putting yeah. some putting some boundaries around it and really getting yeah. to the the juice, right? The the good stuff yeah. that you want during the interview. Yeah. And I think what makes a great podcast is great storytelling. And so in order to have great storytelling and and this is absolutely something like I am trying to become better at and work out because I don't feel like I have it like, you know, I am no guy Ross, you know, <laughs> like, uh, There's very few. I, I do. <laughs> there, this is true. <laughs> Shout out to guy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I've even heard him say this, like, this is, um, podcasting is storytelling. Um, no matter what your topic is, right. It is storytelling. And so in order to become better at storytelling, you really have to work on how you ask great questions. Like I want to be able to ask great questions. And that really just comes from understanding my guests a little bit more so I can figure out what those great questions need to be. Yeah. Have you ever asked a great question that led to something rather emotional? Because I feel like mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. interviewing guests mm -hmm. can open up. It's almost like a therapy session. Yeah. I actually will say to guests in, um, in my like communications with them before the interview recording, I will say that the best guests are the guests who are vulnerable and willing to be transparent and, and willing to share 
um, openly. So I, you know, I, I make sure that guests know, like, don't share something you really don't feel comfortable with, but please know that your, um, willingness to be vulnerable and how vulnerable you are really makes a great podcast. <laughs> Really because does. if you're not willing to be vulnerable, it is, it can be dry. And, and then it makes it really hard for me because I am then just like, I feel like I'm just trying to pull something great. And I have had that happen. And there has been one time where I did not, um, thankfully only one time I did not actually publish an interview that I recorded because I just felt like there was literally nothing there. Like, and I couldn't get it out. I, I, you know, there was nothing there. So I didn't, I didn't publish it. Um, but there have been others that I published that I questioned whether or not I should, because they were still kind of dry and there was just not, there just wasn't, when we talk about challenges, you know, there just wasn't much there. So, um, but there have been other times that have just been like, I have cried many times. <laughs> um, yeah. And that those have made for my favorite, favorite episodes for sure. Well, cause it is, it's storytelling. And mm-hmm. we all know whether we're reading a book, watching a movie, yeah. Listening to a podcast, when we get to go on that emotional roller coaster ride of one minute we're yeah. ecstatic and we've got like little butterflies in our tummy, and then the next minute we're terrified. We're listening to the yeah. story. We're like, what's going to happen? And then sad. Yeah. So that yeah. that just makes the well, and that's what inspires us, right? Like, yes, we, we are inspired by status quo. We are not inspired by someone who's not overcome anything to get to where they're at, or we're not inspired because a leader hasn't had to overcome any sort of challenges in order to grow. No, like we, (laughs) that is, that's life. Um, It's whether or not someone, and we've all gone through things. It's just a matter of whether or not someone is willing to share it. Um, Because everyone has it. Again, no one's exempt from challenges or hard things. Um, It's just a matter of somebody being um, open to being vulnerable to share those things because a lot of times it is something that a leader has had to learn. So it is admitting, you know, it's admitting a misstep, admitting a failure and, or, or sharing about, you know, overcoming, um, an illness or having to build resilience, but those things can come across as weak as, as weak, um, at first, um, until you get to the, until you get to the end of the story, because obviously they overcame it. Um, so it's just, uh, we all have those stories. It's just a matter of whether or not every guest is willing to share them yeah. or if they're going to protect, um, protect themselves. And even acknowledging them. I think mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. do story craft sessions with our clients mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't even know they have the story there. Mm-hmm. And until you mm-hmm. start peeling it yeah. back and digging and mm-hmm. asking questions, and you yeah. can just see the revelation in their eyes when they're like, yeah. oh my gosh. And, and yeah. I'm telling them like, that's your story. They're like, yeah. I, 
I have a story. Yes, you have mm-hmm. a story. Everyone has yes. a story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. It's so true. It's so true. Yep. Yeah. I it was it's interesting. I had a a host on John Eklund. He's here in Denver. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he was making the uh, relationship to a good guest. He's like, it's like when you go to your your high school reunion and you know, you see the the couple that were high school sweethearts. They ended up getting married. You know, they just look average. You don't really want to talk to them because you're, <laughs> you're like, what's what do you have to share with me? He's like, and then you see the guy over there, and he was expelled from school a couple times. He's like, you want to go talk to him? I was like, you're so right. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. <laughs> Yeah, it was That's great. So I was true. like, yeah, they, no, you're right. I mean, I think about that. Like I go to, when you go to a mm-hmm. dinner party and who you're kind of drawn to, yeah. to talk to. Yeah. So it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. We just get to eavesdrop on really incredible conversations and podcasting. Yep. Which is really cool. Yep. It is very cool. Very special. Yeah, it is really special. So how many, how many shows are you or episodes are you recording? Like, are, do you have a, do you have a schedule? Or are you doing one a week, mm-hmm. couple a week? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I do have a schedule. I t- typically record about once a week. Um, and because we run a marketing agency, I try to like reserve specific um, days and times where it's going to be quiet. Um, and I'm not disturbing other team members, um, to record. So, um, it, it, but I do have a schedule and it tends to be once a week. Um, sometimes every other week, depending on the time of year, like if it's a holiday, if it's like Christmas or, you know, a spring break everywhere across the country, then that's a little bit different, but I always am ahead of schedule. So, which is good. That's really good. And then are you doing all the post-production work, all the, the audio editing? Nope. Nope. We have a fabulous team member who does that, which is great because I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, and he's, phenomenal. So he, his name is Tim and he does all of that. And he's really great. Thanks to Tim. Everyone needs a Tim. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really challenging. Mm -hmm. I would say it's about half and half with the hosts that I, that I interview and those who do their post-production, it seems to me by and large, they usually have some sort of background in audio or at least an interest in Mm -hmm. it. And I have neither Mm -hmm. of those. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, my husband does. And so he was the one who was able to like, um, when we first started, like he helped him understand, like, this is the feel we're going for. And this is the, this is like our expectation on sound quality. And, um, and now like I, I just sent him the raw audio every time I record and he does um, all the post-production work. I mean, there is certainly like a system to everything. Um, so I do the show notes and uh, post-production scripts. So the way I do it, this is not the way everybody does it, but I will record like intros and outros for each ep- episode and, um, 
after Tim does the first pass at audio. So then I re-listen to the episode, do the show notes, the post-production script, and record intros and outros and then send those to him. And he adds that to the episode. Um, and then and then I put up like our blog post on the website and and we we prepare creative assets for guests so that they can easily share those from, from the episode. Um, of course, like being a marketing agency, that's easy for us to do. Yeah, like that sure. kind of stuff is easy for that's us. That's in your wheelhouse. So, yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, so we have a system down now, like our graphic designer prepares all the creative assets and then we share them with each guest. And that is like all of that stuff operates like a well-oiled machine now. At the beginning, it was certainly a learning curve. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you just kind of have to figure out what that, what works for you. And I, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I love that you yeah. listen after the first run through for the, the, um, audio mm-hmm. and pull out some of those pieces that you're going to write yeah. in the show notes and also do the intro and outro. I think that's really smart. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone doing that. I've, I've heard people recording intro and outros as they wrap the interview, but to go back yeah. and be really thoughtful and intentional and maybe tying it all in with the show notes and the blog post. Yeah. I, this is again, like this is my personal preference, but I feel like it's easier from, and I tried doing it like a few times right after, but I just felt like I wasn't really able to pull together like the overarching story and like a theme for it as well. If I'm just doing it off the cuff right afterwards, um, I felt like it was, uh, I felt like it ended up being better when I listened to it afterwards and could then put together like a key theme and so, you know, cause not every, even though we have like a general theme, you know, talking with leaders and entrepreneurs who are making a difference, um, I'm not going to use that as like a title for every episode. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so it helps me think of like, what's the title of this episode going to be? And what's the overarching, is it resilience? Is it, you know, the hospitality or the, like whatever industry they're in, who knows? It's just, it varies, but, um, Regardless, I just found that it was easier for me to do that if I did it, if I listened afterwards and then put those pieces together. Yeah, no, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. I might actually have to steal that. I've been wondering how to, I do go back and listen to do the show notes, but yeah. And and that's when I, I feel like I'm able to really, like you said, like kind of pull out what the story is and that would be the optimal time to do the intro and outro. Yeah, it it does make it. I like it that way, but yeah, <laughs> it's just again a personal preference. Finding your flow. Yep, exactly. And and since you've been doing this long enough, what mm-hmm. are three takeaways that you could give to the listeners? Just lessons learned along the way, things that you switched up, something mm-hmm. that maybe tools you use, anything that you think would be helpful to anyone tuning in. Absolutely. I think the first one is to be, if you are, if you have a podcast where you are interviewing guests, like not every podcast does that. Um, But if you have a podcast where you are interviewing guests, I would say 
um, some preparation is key and to make sure it's going to be a good guest. Um, yeah. Because the times that it's not, it can be very frustrating. Um, I'm do you ahead do, of schedule. Do you do intro have, calls? Just out of care. Sorry to interrupt, but. Um, sometimes if it's a guest, I like if it's a guest that like Kitcaster would send me, for example, um, that I just don't really like if there's not much out there where I can listen to their story ahead of time or something, um, then I might, um, Kitcaster is probably a bad example because I haven't had that happen with Kitcaster, but, um, honestly, some of the other guests that have become like recommended, but they've never done a podcast before they were recommended by like, oh, this is a great person who's built this great company. And, but then they're super dry and they know nothing about technical things. And so it takes forever to get started on the, you know, yeah. the amount of times I have to tell someone, will you please have headphones? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like just My the gosh. basics, right? Okay. There's tip number two, like emphasize the technical things that you need way more than you thought you would have to emphasize them. <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's a, there's like a saying in leadership, I think where it's like you, you feel like you've said something a hundred times, but you have to say something at least 10 times for someone to really like absorb it and hear it. And I feel like there have been way too many moments where I felt like my email with instructions should have been enough for guests to understand, please have headphones. Yeah. <laughs> and they still don't show up with headphones. <laughs> it's and incredible. It such, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, so I have learned the hard way to send a few reminders and, a, and then just try to make it really short and point out the biggest things like have headphones, please have headphones <laughs> because it does make such a big difference. And someone who hasn't done a lot of podcasts doesn't understand like how much of a difference headphones make. So um, I would definitely say like emphasize certain, certain uh, pieces for your interview that are going to make a big difference. Um, and, and do that more than once if you can, like, I just have a template set up, you know, in my email that I can just send to guests. So it, it doesn't take me any time at all anymore to do it. Um, it, it's very easy once you set up like a, you know, once you automate it and set up like a system for it. However, I have found it to be very, very important. So um, things can be easier for podcasting when you start to feel a groove and you're willing to take the time to put in a system for it, whether that's, you know, a system for your show notes, a system for recording your intros and outros, a system for communicating with guests ahead of time so that it, it works out. Um, but I just know that there have been more times than I can count already where um, the technical side of things can be difficult for some guests and preparing them ahead of time helps with that. Um, sometimes there's, there's just no help. There's no someone. hope. Yeah. <laughs> there's no hope. It's, it's, it is something I, you know, we work with that 
aspect of our mm-hmm. business with our clients, you know, when they yeah. want to go on podcasts. And that's the very mm-hmm. first thing that we say. You mm-hmm. don't have to get a crazy expensive microphone and headphone. No. But no. Yeah. We're talking basics here. This is yeah. not, we don't have to break the mm-hmm. bank, but it is a necessity. You have to sound good, especially since yeah. there are so many podcasts out there. You want to be pleasing yeah. to the listener's ears. Yeah, really absolutely. Hard. I mean, there are podcasts now that I don't use video, but a lot of podcasts do use video, um, which is fine. I think that definitely has its like, uh, for, for a certain podcast, that certainly has its place. I choose not to. Um, but podcasts started as audio, like it is, you know, a it's audio, audio sp- medium. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's important, right? Like yes. the quality of the audio is important. So I, I think it's funny that so many times that part gets like missed or forgotten. Like they, I think a lot of guests just think we're going to just like talk the way you might talk for um like a zoom meeting you know yeah and yeah like so a meet then, and greet let's get coffee over yeah zoom. yeah 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 so they've got you know they tend to have their computer ready um or their phone like it's going to be a phone call um but it's it is more than that we are recording audio so i i need you know i need you to be prepared for that um, there was one guest that I, I literally spent like over 30 minutes just trying to get the audio acceptable, um, with him and like, he had his dog barking in the oh, background geez. and he couldn't figure things out. And, um, I ended up just like calling it and saying, you know, let's try this again next week and I'll send you some information about how to prepare and, um, and then he didn't show up and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not pushing it. I'm not pressuring. Like, this is just not it's meant, not to, meant be, to be. It's okay. Yep, and, and that's that okay. Is, and maybe, maybe it got too intimidating as well. On it end, might have, know? it might have. And that's, and that is fine. So I think that, you know, a big piece of advice would be when you can prepare, prepare. I do think it helps. It helps make better questions. It helps things flow better and it can help your guests so that you can avoid unnecessary challenges, hopefully, hopefully you can avoid those. Um, and yeah, and save yourself some time because it can be really frustrating. Um, and just practicing that art of how to ask great questions. Um, whether, whether you don't, even when you don't interview guests, like if it's a podcast where it's, where it's you talking, um, about a specific subject matter that you're an expert in, um, still the ability to improve on your storytelling is huge because you're still telling a story when you're trying to teach people something or you're trying to educate. It's still storytelling that helps them remember that, helps them absorb that. So um, I think that's a that's been huge for me. And I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice too, is just maybe learn about storytelling and try to become better at it. Um, and then just being a great conversationalist, like someone that, um, is genuine. Um, but also if you don't enjoy talking with people or you don't enjoy learning about something or just don't do it. (laughs) 
Like, just don't do podcasting because that's what it is. So uh, the best podcasts are the people that can genuinely and authentically have a great conversation. And there's nothing wrong with it if you can't. Um, Just don't do a podcast then. Just go do something else. (laughs) Yeah, there are plenty other things to do. Maybe you want to start a blog. Plenty. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Podcasting. There's a lot. There are a lot of mediums out there. So yeah, there certainly are. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Great tips. I think the storytelling piece is huge because Mm -hmm. that is an aspect I don't necessarily think hosts think about often Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because a lot of times uh, guests are coming onto the show. They're not Mm -hmm. necessarily prepared for storytelling. So right. you have to lead right. them. You yeah. have to get them to tell their story without, yeah. you have to prompt them. You have to give them all the prompts. Yeah, so we're the can, guide. We're the, the guide. guide. So yes. a guide is able to, to bring out a great story, a, a good guide, right? Yeah. Um, even if the guest, you know, we, we shouldn't put that burden on our guests to be the storytellers. Um that burden rests on the host to be a great guide. Yep, absolutely. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining Hosted today. Thank you, Brandy. It was so fun. I highly recommend that everyone tuning in to this episode, go and check out Amanda's podcast. It's Built for Impact. You can find it on all of the streaming platforms. Check it out, rate and review. And where else can people find you? Um, builtforimpact.com. Awesome. Great. And if people yeah. want to be a guest, is there a submission there that they can reach um, there, out to you? There is, there is, but, um, there is. So you can do that on builtforimpact.com. Um, and you can also, uh, you can also just email me at amanda evergreenresults.com. Either way works. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Hosted. The podcast brought to you by Kitcaster. We are a podcast booking agency and hosted is a show interviewing hosts. It's very meta. All right. (laughs) Hope you all tune in next time. And until then. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.